Lousy. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Fly Sweet Podcast, partnered with RaiderRamble.com. Head on over to RaiderRamble.com for all your Raider needs. On today's episode, we got Chris Weissong filling in for Jose. And of course, we're going to be talking about the win against the Colts on, uh, let's see, Sunday. Got a little victory Monday for us. And then we're going to be looking at some midseason awards. And then, of course, looking ahead to next week against the Bears. So, Chris, I'd, uh, I'd call you a guest, but I think at this point you're just pretty much a part of the show. I mean, I don't know how many times we've had you on. How are we doing, my friend? What's up, Matt? What's up, Raider Nation? It's always great to do a victory podcast. Really glad to be back on here. I love you guys and what you guys got going on. So it's cool yeah. to be on the show again, man. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. What do you? Uh, what are the odds you think Jose is actually listening to this right now? Well, I know that he texted me saying, oh, we're winning. And that was like, I don't know, halfway <laughs> through the game. I guess he overslept. So he yeah. wouldn't have a, a lot to good to say anyway. He didn't even watch the game. Yeah, he's a fake fan. Fake fan. <laughs> I hope he's listening. If he, Jose, if you're listening, tweet at the podcast right now. Just whatever you want. It was just to prove it. That way we'll know. That way we'll know. Yeah, right. Okay. We'll hold him to that. <laughs> all right. Well, like you said, Chris, we got a little victory Monday. This game to me, you know, I think with all, a lot of the injuries kind of changed on the Colts side, kind of changed my outlook a little bit, made me feel a little more optimistic. And, you know, I thought the Raiders didn't disappoint. And I'm, I'm curious, what was your takeaway from the game today, Chris? I thought it was a must win for the Raiders, to be yeah. honest with you. I felt like if they fell today, they'd kind of be staring one and six in the face because of their schedule and, uh, you know, heading to London, just feeling a bit down after losing, you know, three games in a row like it would have been. But, you know, they came out today on fire. The offense clearly, Gruden's script was working. Offense moved the ball up and down the field to begin the game. And the defense got a ton of stops today. Uh, you know, and obviously the offense kind of slowed down in the second half. But again, the defense made plays. I mean, Eric Harris pick six. Huge. A win is a win, and winning on the yes. road is is really good, even if the team is banged up. And you know, we're Raider fans. We don't see enough W's as it is. So <laughs> let's not be picky about it. Let's enjoy it, man. It was a good win today. No, for sure. I mean, you know, I don't know exactly when they're heading to London. I know typically in teams in the past, they've gone pretty much right after the, the other game. That's what they're doing. They're yeah. going today. Yeah. yeah. And then what? So that 14-hour flight's a lot better when you go on in a, in a win, get those spirits up. But I know you touched on it a little bit, you know, with Gruden's play calling. This was like the, the first game, maybe in the opener too, where I really felt like Gruden and Carr were on the same page. You know, they were playing to each other's strengths well, you know. To start the game out, they came out kind of spreading it out, you know, thinking Duncan, you know, getting Carr a couple layups to get going. And then as the game wore on, you know, I think they started running the ball more, a little bit more what Gruden wants to do, you know, under center kind of stuff. And that was something that, you know, I think you guys even talked about this on your last episode of Black Hole Banter, you know, is it is it Gruden, is it Carr, and it's kind of both, you know, do they complement each other? And I thought to, today was one of the first games that we've seen in a while where you could really say they really played well together. They were on the same page. I mean, it's funny. You look at the stat lines of the last two games, and I don't know if you'd necessarily point to this one as the the better game for Derek, but he seemed to avoid those big mistakes too. And, you know, I, I got to tip my cap to him. I called him out last week, and I guess he listens to the show, and uh, he, he bounced back. Right. No, you're right, man. He must. Uh, for <laughs> sure. That's why stats are misleading, though. Like, yeah, I tried exactly. to tweet that throughout the week, like, 
his stats, 27 to 34, like 240 yards were all great and all, but I felt like a lot of that was in garbage time, and I really didn't like a lot of what he was doing out there. Like, not that he played so atrocious like everyone thought, but I didn't feel like he was making any sort of difference. Today, his stats weren't as good, but I thought he was making a difference. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, he came out on fire. He set the tone early. He had the injury in the second quarter, but he fought through that, stayed in the game. And then even off the injury in the second half, he was avoiding the rush and extending yep. plays. I mean, honestly, like he was playing winning football today. He had an edge today. And that's that's all you really want out of him, you know? Like exactly, just yeah. play play to play to win. You know, go out there and give it put it all on the line and don't don't seem so timid. And today exactly. I thought they were attacking the exactly. defense versus kind of reacting to what they're doing and feeling overwhelmed. Yeah, for sure. I, I, you know, I like taking notes during the game. And at one point, I just kind of jotted down like he just looks more comfortable. He looks like he knows what he's doing. He doesn't look at his, you know, a lot of people accuse him of this. And, you know, I have in the past. He doesn't look scared in the pocket. You know, there's a couple of throws he made with pressure in his face. And he ended up throwing dimes out there. So good game for Carr. The butt with Derek Carr is can he put it together for two games? You know, we've seen him do it with uh, one. But the matter is uh, back-to-back games. But, hey. At the end of the day, you have to have one good game to have two good games in a row. So hopefully this is a good sign to things to come. want to transition a little bit to the defensive side of the ball because I thought there were a few individual performances from, uh, you know, LaMarcus Joyner and Carl Joseph that I thought were uh, were huge um, bounce-back performances for both of them. You know, I think Joyner ended up with, like, two TFLs. I thought Carl came up and played some good run support. Uh, made up for his lapses in coverage last week that I think uh, Chris Reed pointed out there on Twitter where he just looked lost out there. And I thought both guys, you know, kind of had disappointing starts to the year and really stood out to me today. So I'm curious, Chris, who who on the defensive side of the ball stood out to you in uh, today's game? Honestly, Mad Max Crosby, I felt like he was yep. everywhere. I mean, he was batting yeah. balls down. He was getting QB hits. He wasn't, you know, didn't get sacks, but he was impacting no, the quarterback. Yeah, he hit Brissett one time that made the ball just kind of float in the air. Um, so, you know, he was making plays. Obviously, you brought up LaMarcus Joyner. You know, last week uh, it was talked about how the Vikings kind of schemed him out of the game, and the yeah. Raiders made it a priority to no matter what package they're in, they're going to have Joyner in the game. And clearly, I mean, he was an impact player today. And, hey, they gave him that huge contract. He has to be. <laughs> yep. He's, like, arguably, like, their best defensive player, and he's got to play like it, you know? Yeah. Um, I thought Conley played pretty well today, uh, and Worley too. They were both knocking balls down. You know, he, they had some uh, passes defense, and you like to see that. Um, they weren't just getting beat every play. And uh, obviously, man, you got to tip your hat to Eric Harris. He yes. made the play yes, of the game. Yes. He iced the game. Game-winning pick six. It's like I forgot what like a pick six looks like <laughs> in the Raider uniform. Like we had yeah. like one last year with Conley, but. Man, it's just so beautiful. That was such it a great awesome. play. So potato chip, man, he uh, he got it done. So I'm pumped on it. Yeah, I mean, you know, I thought with the defense, you know, it wasn't a, necessarily a dominating effort. But when you look at it and look back at the game, it was a lot of bend but don't break. And, you know, like you said, it kind of, kind of reminded me a little bit of that 2016X feeling where, you know, they gave up some yards, gave up some points, but at the end of the day had that big turnover to really seal the game. So. Definitely a good thing. A lot of good things to come from the defensive side of the ball. And, I mean, they stepped up when uh, when they needed it most. No doubt. No doubt. And Crosby, too, I brought him up. He actually had the forced fumble, too. Yeah. yeah which saved huge. us points. That was another huge play in the game. And also, Perfect went out. Mm-hmm. But I got to give credit to Whitehead and Morrow. I thought mm-hmm. that they stepped in. They played a ton of snaps. And I thought they played pretty well, to be honest. I mean, I'll have to yeah. watch the film. But I thought yeah. they did pretty good. 
Well, you, you bring up Nicholas Morrow, and I think that's a good transition to our uh, our midseason awards here because, you know, I want to start things off with the defensive MVP. And, you know, I think my pick's going to shock a little bit of people. I'm going to go with Nick Morrow. You know, I don't think there's been a whole lot of standout performances from people on the defensive side of the ball, um, hence the record in the last few games. But, you know, for Nicholas Morrow, he's the highest PFF graded player on the Raiders defense right now. And I put a whole lot of weight into that. You know, I think he brings something that's unique to this linebacking core, which is the ability to cover. And today, you know, we talked about the injuries and then you talked about Perfect going out or being DQ'd uh, early in the game. And they really needed somebody in the linebacking core to step up. And today I thought that was Nicholas Morrow. I saw him have a couple TFLs, a couple run stops on defense. And I thoroughly think he's really stepped up in a big way this year and really um, answered the call for a guy that's, uh, a D3 product. Love bringing that up because I am myself. So who's your uh, defensive MVP here, Chris? Well, there's not really a high bar unless maybe <laughs> Eric Harris's play alone today gives him that yeah. award. But uh, honestly, I think their most consistent defensive player could say perfect in a way, but he was tossed today. But I'm going to go with Jonathan Hankins. He's been a, a huge yeah, reason a why the Raiders have been good against the run. I know they got blown up against the Vikings, but he's been a really stout interior defensive lineman for them clogging up holes he's even kind of drove some offensive linemen back into the quarterback yeah. a few times uh so i think he's been a really consistent player and not that that's an extremely high bar like i said but um <laughs> if you've been consistently good that puts you in the conversation of being a defensive mvp so far so i'm gonna go with him but i, I like the way crosby played today if he strings together some games like this his yeah. name uh halfway through the year might be the guy yeah well i'll tell you what then why don't we go if we we're talking about Crosby, why don't we go? Who's your uh, defensive rookie of the year then? Man, um, well, Abram played so picks. well. <laughs> Abram played so well in the first game, but obviously he's out. Um, yeah. Man, that's a really tough one. Uh, it, it won't be. It won't be Cleveland. I mean, he just. Yeah. He almost had a pick six last week, um, but uh, you know that just that wasn't enough. Mullins mm -hmm. had couple nice plays but he's gotten beat too i'm gonna have to go with crosby just the okay, fact that let's go. he's been he's been decent and then he had his kind of breakout game yeah. uh today so i'm gonna go with uh crosby yeah i'm you know i was thinking about it when we uh brought this up and i'm like the only real rookie that's taken a significant amount of snaps on the defensive side of the ball has been Farrell. you know obviously abram with the injury you know i think mullen they're kind of holding back a little bit with worley and conley don't necessarily need him to step up right now and then you mentioned it, Farrell has kind of been underwhelming a little bit. And, um, you know, I know he had a better better week last week, but still nothing to rave about. And, I mean, like you said, Max Crosby, I tweeted it out earlier, you know, this was the best performance of any Raiders rookie defender I've seen yet this year. You know, he had had that forced fumble that was a third and long. I remember I saw your tweet from earlier in the week, third and 27, and the Raiders give up 28. It was looking oh, yeah. like that. You know, he punches the ball out and looks like his hand was okay this time. I think that was a big momentum shift because, you know, that goes to a potential long third down conversion for the Colts to a turnover for the Raiders and good field position. And I think set up some points, if, if not a touchdown, at least a field goal. And then had two pass deflections on the line. You know, that's something that if you're not going to get there with the rush, that's another way to affect the, affect the passing game. And like you said, maybe not a sack, but at least that one quarterback hit and a couple other pressures and, you know, if uh, if things can go this way, you know, I think the guy's going to have a good promising career from here moving on. No doubt, man. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. All right. We're going to go back to the offensive side of the ball. Give me your uh, offensive MVP so far, Chris. 
Honestly, I'm going to have to go with Josh Jacobs. You know, um, I understand the case for for Waller, but Jacobs is just when you know when I look at the future at the running back position, he's a guy who can do it all, and he is just shown the ability to uh, not only spring through the open hole, but also just run people over. He's not afraid of contact. He's been really good in pass protection. And uh, I think he's been their offensive MVP this year. I think he's, you know, he was averaging coming in the day over five yards a carry. And, uh, you know, I think he's on his way to, you know, having a 12, 1300 yard season, at least on pace for that. So, um, you know, and then finally today they got him involved a little bit in the receiving yeah. game. He had one catch coming into <laughs> To yeah. the game here and uh, he had a couple today and, and made some men guys miss so I'm gonna go with Josh Jacobs yeah that's that's definitely a good one you know I was when I was putting this together that was one I was thinking about but I wanted to I wanted to highlight some more people and I you know I have it, uh Jacobs as my offensive rookie of the year you know I don't really think that's a debate at this point um, but you know who I went with where offensive MVP and it'll make more sense in a second is a uh, I went with Tyrell just because, um, you know, he's had a touchdown in every single game. You know, I, I really respect what he's been able to do. You know, when they brought him in, they didn't bring him in to be the number one option, but he stepped up and I think he's fulfilled that role. You know, he had a couple drops today. You know, we want to get that cleaned up. But like I said, the guy's had a touchdown in every single game, really has stepped up for him and really been one of the best bright spots of the, of the offense so far. You know, I, he's a guy that I really liked when they signed him. You know, I didn't really view him as a number one receiver. But like I said, I mean, the guy's just stepped up and done everything the Raiders have asked of him. And then you brought up Darren Waller. You know, I like I said, I wanted to highlight some more players. So I went with him as my uh, biggest surprise. You know, we talked a lot about him in the offseason being the uh, the best known secret. Well, the secret's out now. And, you know, he's uh, he's probably one of the better players on the offensive side of the ball right now. And, you know, we expected him to play well, but I really didn't expect him to put up the kind of numbers he is because he's putting up Jared Cook-like numbers with 33 catches and 320 yards on the year so far. So, yeah. No doubt. Yeah, he's like setting Raider franchise records right oh, now. Yeah. I mean, he's it's incredible. It. Yeah, he's doing great. So he's actually been, I mean, arguably the best tight end in the NFL through the first quarter of the season. So yeah. you know, obviously Travis Kelsey's a monster and all that, but Darren Waller's right up there. Yeah, for sure. So, Chris, you gave me your offensive MVP. I'm curious. I'm imagine your offensive rookie of the year is going to be Jacobs then, too. Give me your uh, biggest surprise, and this can be good or bad so far. Biggest surprise. Uh, honestly, I, I would probably say um, the – yeah, I'd probably say the, the opposite Tyrell Williams situation. Um, like the – you know, going into the year, obviously we didn't have AB, but we had Tyrell Williams, and then – you look at the other side, we're like, oh, we got J.J. Nelson and we got mm -hmm. some speed there. Um, you know, obviously he's been really hurt and it's been kind of an anomaly there. But, I mean, we went out and made a six-round pick trade uh, to go get, um, you know, the dude from the Packers who had the reverse for the touchdown today. Yeah, Trevor Davis, huge game for him today. But I would say it's the, the surprise for me is the fact that they, you know, up until today, they didn't really have anyone stepping up on the other side. And I, I kind of thought going, you know, through training camp that through with J.J. Nelson and Ryan Grant's preseason, they were going to have a dude emerge on the other side. And I don't really feel like they have. So it's a little surprising to me that, you know, that position is still kind of up in the air. I mean, would Trevor Davis's reverse, is that like make him the number two wide receiver? Probably not. Right. No. J.J. Nelson's been struggling. Uh, so um, I'm a little surprised that they haven't had a dude kind of, you know, step up there and, uh, you know, ease the, the transition for Tyrell Williams, who's kind of playing number one now. Yeah, I mean, I kind of want to bring up the question of, you know, transition topics. You know, one guy that 
we've talked about a lot. And the one guy that I love is, you know, our guy Keelan Doss. You know, do you think do you think with them, do you think giving Doss a bigger role in that situation was is it time to call to uh, you know, call in the reliever, if you will, and bring start giving the guy, young guy more reps? Yeah, no, I actually was hoping for that today. And it seemed like he was out there a decent amount. I didn't I haven't looked at his snap counts yet, but he did have that nice catch on the one where Carr bought time. Yeah. But at this point in the year, I mean, if they're not going to go, you know, if J.J. Nelson's not healthy and they're not going to go sign a veteran like Crabtree and make that work, you might as well just give the young kid, you know, yeah. the rookie snaps and see what he can do. You know, maybe Definitely. he's a gamer, you know, <laughs> maybe he has that that uh, mentality where he gets in games and he plays really well. So and it's been kind of interesting, too, with with Doss, like. Gruden's like oddly hard on him in his press mm-hmm. conferences like yeah kind of like dismissing him like he's not a big deal to me but he kind of is to all you guys because <laughs> of the show but I feel like he's been oddly hard on him maybe that's because yeah. he really likes him and he wants to like get the best out of him I don't know but I, I wouldn't mind seeing him out there more yeah definitely you know I, I know he had that one catch that you were talking about but I, I had the same feeling it's almost like you know people who who like are the fan favorites for Gruden. He doesn't really like, he holds that against him almost. You know, I think back to, uh, you know, Chris Warren, who ended up being, you know, we ended up being wrong about fan wise was, right. was he was kind of saying the same thing of like kind of mocking Chris Warren's success. And it just seems like with Doss that he hasn't really won over Gruden a little bit, you know, at least from the outside perspective. Maybe we're, maybe we're wrong about that, but it is, it does seem like that relationship's a little bit weird, but hopefully we start to get get to see the uh, the local product out there some more. For sure, man. Yeah. Next week we're gonna go to London to go play the Bears. You know we're gonna have a a familiar face in that game, and it's gonna be a be quite the challenge. You know I think the best way for the Raiders to win is to try and turn that into a shootout. You know I saw Mitch Trubisky went down. I don't know if that's an advantage for the Raiders or not. You know. Chase Daniel didn't do a whole lot, but defensively, I mean, they shut down the Vikings who we saw how good their offense can be and they're, they're, they're a challenge. So I'm curious, Chris, how you're Mr. Optimism. How do we win on Sunday? Honestly, you say shootout. I, I say, honestly, they kind of have to play like a, a safe ball control time of okay. possession game. Really? I, I no mis- It's very easy to make a ton of mistakes against the bears because they have mm-hmm. such a violent pass rush um, it's going to be a struggle to protect Carr in there, especially on long developing routes. Their corners are very active. They know their pass rush is good. They like to jump routes. They don't give up a lot of big plays down the field. Honestly, the Vikings had zero for much of the game. Yeah. And then at the end, they had a touchdown and they failed the two. So they finished with six points after dropping 34 on the Raiders. So uh, it's going to be really key to be able to sustain some sort of efficient run game with Josh Jacobs, be able to pick and choose their times when they can take a shot down the field, um, but not allow Khalil Mack and the Bears to get a bunch of strip sacks or interceptions that are going to blow out the game. It'll be really key for the Raiders' defense to hold, you know, the fort down, be able yeah. to, like, not allow Chase Daniel and this, you know, tricky offense with a lot of motions and shifts and, fly, you know, hey, fly sweeps, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, to, to, you know, get huge gains and end up scoring, you know, we can't allow the bears to score 24 to 30 points. Like yeah. we have to keep them in the teens to stay in the game. And, uh, it's going to be a huge test for Gruden's offense. Um, uh, but you can't get like too conservative. You have mm-hmm. to still make some plays. And, um, you know, we, we've seen Gruden get too conservative before when he feels the pass protection's bad and then they just don't do anything. Mm-hmm. So um, it's going to be an interesting challenge and, and for them to be able to balance that out. So 
I say run the football, play good defense, don't turn it over. Yeah, I mean, I I can't help but think that you know this is going to be you know I see what you're saying. It's it's this game's either going to go one of two ways where you know what I was talking about where the Raiders are going to have to shoot them who win in a shootout and try and outscore them and do whatever they can to do that, or you know play the Bears game and win the game six to nothing or something like that. And we've seen, you know, Matt Nagy's a uh, uh, Andy Reid product and Andy Reid's right. offense seems to have a lot of success against the Raiders. You know, hopefully that's more about the Chiefs players than it is the uh, that scheme or whatnot. But yeah, it's it's going to be a tough matchup. And but it, it's going to be a bitter moment if Khalil Mack has a good game, you know, because yeah. it's going to yeah. be right there in your face and. I, I'm very worried about what their defensive line can do to our offensive line because I thought, you know, hopefully we can get Gabe Jackson back this week. I thought, uh, you know, Jordan Devy, he's been all right in pass protection uh, today in the, and against the Vikings, but I thought, you know, they really struggled to run the right to the right side of the ball or the right side of the line of scrimmage. And, you know, I just, the Bears defensive line has the advantage to me over the Raiders offensive line. And it's, it's not only going to be tough to sit back and throw it, which the Raiders are going to want to do, but it's going to be tough to run the ball too. And, you know, yeah. it's going to sting a little bit more if uh, if Mac has a big day. Well, I mean, dude, Mac's yeah. going to – when does Mac have bad games, right? Yeah, I mean, very big, the, the big issue here is that, you know, Trent Brown's really banged up. He's got yeah. an ankle. He's got a knee. He kind of jacked up his hand today. Mm-hmm. He was out for a little bit. I think he returned. Uh, Jordan Devy went down. We're not going to have Gabe back quite yet, so that's going to be an interesting situation there. We're going to have to have, you know, uh, you know, one of the backup, you know, interior offensive linemen step up for a week. So that's going to be a challenge. And also, the Bears is not just Khalil Mack. Like they no. got dudes yeah. making plays all across that defensive line. Yeah. They get really tricky with their blitzes, but they're also one of those teams that can get pressure with three to four guys rushing, and mm-hmm. then they have playmakers in the secondary. It's it's going to be one heck of a challenge. That's why, you know, I talk about not wanting to do the shootout is because yeah. <laughs> if the Raiders are in a position where they got a pass to score against this team, it can get really dangerous. Like, yeah. they honestly, we're going to need some special plays. Like today we had the Trevor Davis, like, reverse. Like, That's we're going to need yeah. that and some nice special teams plays to get us some good field position, some breaks to go our way to get the offense, you know, a little bit of a better opportunity. We have to drive 75 yards against these guys. Yeah. We're not going to do it. So. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a tough defense. You know, I, I think about the recipe for success in this game as, you know, kind of ironically, uh, Khalil Mack's big game against that Broncos defense that won the Super Bowl where you kind of get a couple balls to bounce your way. I think Gruden's really going to have to dive deep into his bag of tricks this week to try and move the ball against this pretty damn good Bears defense. Right. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. We haven't done this in a while, but I wanted to do a uh, best thing I saw today because it came via, or not today, but this week, and it because it came via our good friend Antonio Brown. So if you guys didn't see it, Antonio Brown and Eric Weddle got in a little Twitter spat this week, and AB had the tweet where I said, this guy is either so stupid that he doesn't even know what he's fucking doing or this guy is so smart because he's convincing me that he's so stupid and keeping the attention on him. He tweets a picture of him stiff arming Eric Weddle in a Steelers jersey when Weddle played for the Ravens and then scoring a touchdown Eric Weddle with the caption, some things will never change. Let, Let me mind you that neither player in those pictures are on that team. So that's one thing that changed. 
And hey, Antonio, you've been on like three fucking teams since then. So some things have changed. Like I cannot believe someone is this stupid to post that picture in that caption. This guy has hired a social media team to get his release from a team. And he's going to post on Twitter where you get where people get nothing but roasted on the Internet. That picture with that caption, I, I had a I couldn't help but almost like pee my pants. I laughed so hard. Oh, dude, dude. First of all, he acts like winning and business is, bro. He he lost out on thirty million dollars guaranteed because he wouldn't to go to practice. Money from and he, everybody. Yeah, exactly. He's not going to get the Raider money back. So no. he already lost thirty million guaranteed. Even if he wins the nine million from the Patriots on his signing bonus or whatever, that's still losing out on twenty one million guaranteed yeah. he would have got from the Raiders. You know, uh, honestly, there's nothing that Antonio Brown is doing right now that's winning. That looks good on him. No, um, but I guess yeah. I mean, he's just, you know, America loves stupid, and <laughs> and honestly, like we're Eat gonna up, keep baby. retweeting it and laughing it about yeah, it exactly. and talking about it, and he knows it, and maybe that's you know he craves that attention. I mean, he's had it for a long time, and he probably does crave it. He probably, yeah. honestly, is really self conscious about the fact that <laughs> that people will forget about him. Yeah, and uh, so he's making sure that he can you know prolong that as much as possible. But he's a total idiot. Yeah. So. I guess when you're AB, there's no such thing as bad press. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. The PR people are probably <laughs> saying that. So Exactly. Well, all right, Chris. That's all we got for today's show. Where can the good people find you? Well, you just follow me at Black Hole Banner. Uh, you know, we're your kind of one-stop source, man. We got the podcast going there. We got a blog. Just trying to talk Raiders, be honest, and have fun with it. So you can follow me over there, man, and, uh, you know, go along, along with the ride with us, man. Let's go. Yeah, Black Hole Banter. You guys put out a ton of great qual content over there. You can follow me on Twitter at, at mholder95. Follow the pod if you're not already, at SweetFi. Got the Gmail running. Send us any topic ideas, anything you want to hear on the show, at flysweetpod at gmail.com. Give us those five-star reviews wherever you listen. We really appreciate that. Send us in any feedback you guys got. Other than that, until next week. Later, nation. Later, nation.